This is the Mark Dolan Way. Top tips for mind, body and soul, some great life hacks and my favourite products of the week. This show is available on all podcast platforms or you can watch it. Just subscribe to the Mark Dolan Way on YouTube and join the Facebook group. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the show. I hope you are very well. I have a life-changing tip for you, which is to make a commitment. We live now in a world of unlimited choice. We've always got options. Romantically, you get your smartphone out, you can find love in the palm of your hand. A million permutations. You could do so many different careers. You can start a business from your kitchen table. You can do anything you want. You can choose your friends. You can not choose your friends. You can ghost them. You can connect with them. We live in a world of choice and it's rubbish. It's not making us any happier. So what you've got to do is you've got to go the other way and completely narrow things in your life and make a commitment. So whether it's a job or a person or some kind of project that you're going to start, just go for it and make that commitment. And that is the basis of all human success, whether it's romantic success, professional success. You made that decision. This is what we're going to do. okay? and you're going to sacrifice choice and you're going to sacrifice other options, but it will change your life. Now, let's talk about lying. Unfortunately, it is a human trait to lie. But not lying is the ultimate superpower. If you lie, you are demonstrating weakness and you are making yourself vulnerable to attack and to public opprobrium. Okay, so what you've got to do is you've got to not lie, including the white lies. Okay, the supposedly inoffensive lies, because it's all on a spectrum and you just got to get real. And the reason why it's amazing if you don't lie, is because your currency as a human being will go through the roof. You will be trusted. And the trust of others is an extraordinary resource. It's limitless. So let's imagine you've got someone called Bob. And Bob never lies. You can trust him, right? Bob is going to be popular. Bob will be socially very, very uh, successful. He's going to be popular at work. He's going to do well within the business. He's going to accelerate within the company structure because Bob says it like it is. You know where you are with Bob. Uh, Bob says he's going to have that report ready tomorrow and then he's got that report ready. Uh, the report's not ready. What happened, Bob? Bob says, I messed up. I went to the pub, I got drunk and I completely forgot about it and it's not done. Do you realize that Bob is amazing? We love Bob for his honesty. He went out, he got drunk and he forgot about the project. At this point, it's just like there's no problem with Bob. I mean, yes, he shouldn't go out. He shouldn't get drunk and he shouldn't forget about the project. But we can trust this guy. You see it with brands, OK, uh, whether it's outdoor brands like I don't know, like Gore-Tex, for example, Gore-Tex jackets. Why do they sell? Well, because they have earned the trust of customers. People have been on camping holidays. They've been hiking. They wore a Gore-Tex jacket. They stayed dry. So trust is earned. In fact, trust is earned is the slogan of 
Berghaus, who are the outdoor clothing specialists. Well, it's the same in your personal and professional life in terms of the trust people have in you, uh, the fact that they can rely on you. And you just cannot trust someone that's dishonest. You cannot trust a liar. But the problem is that it's so tempting to lie because lying is like a crack cocaine. Do you know what I mean? It's just you get an instant fix, don't you? And it might make the problem go away temporarily. But in the long run, people will not buy into you. They will not trust you with certain information. They will withhold because they know they know that Stevie is is a bit dishonest and is prone to lying. And therefore, we can't trust the, the issue you've got. Right. If, if Steve is someone that lies, um, let's say Steve stole some cake from the fridge at work. And Barbara says, has anyone seen my cake? Steve, have you seen my cake? And he goes, no, I haven't seen haven't seen your cake at all. Someone must have eaten it, but it wasn't me, right? Now, at that point, Steve got what he wanted, right? Which is he's, he's, he, he ate the cake, he stole it. And he's now told Barbara that he, it wasn't him that ate it. And it's perfect because he had the cake and Barbara's not angry with him. Barbara's like, oh, fair enough. Whoever it was, I'm really upset, but it wasn't Steve. So my relationship with Stevie is preserved. So Stevie's laughing. He got his cake. And he's still friends with Barbara. It's a win-win. Except it isn't. Because then what happens is that Barbara has a chat with her team the next day. And she says, yeah, it was Saturday afternoon. And I put the cake in at 1pm. I went back to the fridge at 3 and the cake was gone. And the team say, well, the only person that was at the office between those hours was Steve. At which point Barbara has now realised that Steve lied about the cake. And here's the thing. The credibility is gone. It could be that Steve doesn't lie very much. It could be that Steve is honest about almost everything. But because he lied about that, he will not be believed in any way across the board. Okay, so Barbara's credibility in him now is zero Even if some of the things he has to say are helpful and constructive and honest, he's destroyed his brand. So lying is a waste of time. Um, The problem is you've got to have a great memory if you lie, because you've got to, you you know, let's say you're invited to some social occasion. You say, oh, we're going to we're going to be in Kent that weekend. You're not going to be in Kent, right? You're, 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 you know, you've made that up. Why couldn't you be straight with with the person and just say, well, that weekend I am available, but I've been working really hard recently and I just need to be at home and I need to relax. Okay. You've replaced one kind of pain or discomfort with another. Okay. So let's let's have some new names. Okay. Let's say that it's Tony has invited Claire to his 50th birthday celebrations on Saturday. Right. So Tony calls Claire and says, hi, Claire, I'm having my 50th birthday celebrations on Saturday. It's really important to me. I really hope you can be there. I'm counting on you to be there. All right. So Claire is now under pressure to go to Tony's 50th. So she's got a dilemma. Okay. She could come up with something. She could say, oh, I'm going to my mother's. I'm going, my my mother's ill and I've got to go and tend to her 
right? She's she's not in a good way. So I, I won't even be in London this weekend. I'll be somewhere else looking after my mother. It's a solid, solid lie, which is that I won't even be in London and my mum's not well, right? Tony can't argue with that. She's like, well, wait a minute. The party's in London. She's going to be down in Southampton with her sick mother. So that's two things for Tony to process. You've got an ill mother. You, you can't, I mean, who's going to argue with that, right? You're not going to make Claire go. Her poor mum's ill. What if her mum dies on his 50th, right? So he doesn't want blood on his hands. And also she's in a different location, right? So that's really, really strong a strong excuse from Claire. And she, she a bit like Stevie with his cake, she lies. My ill mum is in Southampton. I've got to go and look after her. It's perfect, right? Which is that to Tony's still happy. He knows that Claire would have gone. She does another lie, right? by the way. She does another lie on top. She says, I would love to be there. I would kill to be there. But I can't because my mum's ill in Southampton. And her friendship with Tony is preserved and then she gets what she knows she needs which is a Saturday night off at home with Netflix and just relax that's what she wants she just wants to relax so she's avoided the discomfort and pain by lying to Tony but we have a problem which is that Tony has his party and he's having a great time and there's champagne and there's canapes there's finger food there's little snacks, just gorgeous. There's really, really nice spread with excellent music. They're doing karaoke. It's a good party. And Tony's like, yeah, uh, he's chatting with people. It's a shame Claire couldn't be here. Um, she's in Southampton with her mum. Except that one of the people at the party goes, what do you, what do you mean? Her mum, her mum died four years ago. And when her mum was alive, she wasn't, she didn't live in Southampton. She was in Upminster. <laughs> so poor old Claire's lies just collapse around her. Someone else steps in and goes, oh yeah, and I saw Claire. I saw her about an hour ago playing tennis. So it's all gone horribly wrong for Claire. She's been outed. At which point, a huge amount of pain is now experienced by Tony. Because Tony's been lied to. He's been made a fool of. He's been humiliated. And he cannot trust Claire ever again. So Tony's hurting. And Claire, of course, is going to suffer damage too. Because she's lost a good friend. Because she likes Tony. Plus, now the wider group know that Claire's a bit of a liar. There's not only Tony that's witnessed the lie. But the whole bloody social group. But at this point now, Tony's 50th. Everyone's talking about Claire, that lying so-and-so. So she's damaged her reputation. And by the way, can you see how bad this would be professionally? If this little encounter happened in an office, the whole team is now never going to trust Claire. And the, what, what Claire did is that she avoided the pain of telling the truth to Tony. OK, so telling the truth requires courage. It requires discomfort and it requires pain okay so the currency of truth is is not a pleasant one okay it is it is uh it is a degree of penetration with no lubrication okay there's there's a lot of friction happening here if you're truthful there's discomfort there's pain it's not easy telling the truth being an honest person brings with it conflict so let me roll back now 
and we're going to go before the party. And Tony calls Claire on a, on a Wednesday and he says, hi, Claire, I hope you're well. I'm having my 50th on Saturday and I really want you to be there. I hope you can be there. And I'm really counting on you being there. Kind of need you there. As a friend, I need you to be there. Got pressure from Tony on Claire, moral and emotional pressure on Claire. Right. Now here's what Claire's got to do. Right? Don't lie. Okay. Claire, at this point, she she must feel discomfort and she must hurt Tony. Okay. So Claire, as a friend of Tony, owes it to him to hurt him. Claire has got to hurt Tony with the truth. And Claire's got to be uncomfortable. She's got to hate it. It's got to be an awful negative call full of pain and discomfort and horror. Okay. So Tony says, can you be there? And here's what Claire says, right? Claire says, I understand you'd like me to be there. And a part of me would like to be there too. But I've been working really hard recently. I'm tired and I just need a break. I need some time to myself. My work is very interactive. It involves being around people. And I just need this weekend to withdraw and to be still. I need to sit alone at home. I need to catch up on my favorite box set on Netflix. And I, 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 just, I just need to not do anything on Saturday night. And I certainly, what I don't need is to go over to yours and be around people and not have that, not that have that time that I've identified that I need for myself. Now, this is brutal, right? Tony is basically, he knows she's free. She's available and she's going to stay at home on her own rather than come to his party and support him. Well, at this point, Claire is a hero in this story, in my opinion, because yes, she's being selfish, but she's being honest about that. And she's given a context. She's been straight with him. In fact, you don't even, even if you didn't have a good excuse, if it's just a case of Claire going, I just can't be bothered. I'm sorry. Uh, I love you very much, Tony, but I just don't fancy it. I don't, I don't fancy it this Saturday. And I know it means a lot to you and you want me there and I just don't want to. Right. Claire is a friend. This is someone that's got your back. Because then what happens is that whenever you ask Claire anything, you know, you're going to get the truth. You know, Claire, does this outfit look good? Yeah, you look amazing. Or no, it makes you look fat. Claire becomes the most important person in your address book. Because she's the one that delivers the truth. Because being honest is a total superpower. But do you see my point? That to be honest involves discomfort. All right. For you and the receiver of that information. But after that discomfort comes this amazing trust. And it's well, well worth it. And I've got friends. I've got colleagues and friends who are brutally honest. I've got to say they tend to be very happy. They normally have a good social circle and they tend to be very professionally successful. Uh, brutal honesty. I mean, listen to that language. I've told you that being an honest person is going to involve conflict and pain. Well, brutal honesty says it all, right? Honesty has to be brutal. It is brutal. And no one really likes the truth. We like it airbrushed. But what we like even less is people not being straight with us. Look at politicians that prevaricate and contradict themselves and try to just tell people what they want to hear. That's not a good politician. If you get a politician that, that says, you know what, the economy is in trouble. The tax receipts are insufficient to pay for public services. 
And therefore, I'm going to raise taxes, which you're not going to like. And you're going to be very unhappy, but it's necessary for the country. Or maybe another one would be, let's say, we're going to reduce public spending because inflation is very high and the country is broke. OK, so I'm going to have to just every department's going to be receiving less money so that we can live within our means. Right. That's not popular, but that is a good politician. If that's the case, if that's honest, if that's true, that's the kind of politician that should be leading the country. But unfortunately, most politicians will just say what they've got to say to be popular. But that doesn't actually improve your life, does it, in the end, as a citizen? Because the country has the problems. They weren't addressed because you had a uh, deceptive, duplicitous politician that told you what you want to hear. So there you go. Um, I love it. It takes practice. And the pressure to lie is relentless. But just give it a go. Just try it for a day. Just go for today. I'm just going to... I'm going to be really straight with people. And by the way, that doesn't involve necessarily being, let's say you ask, you know, let's say your colleague has, has done not good work. Okay. It's just bad work. You don't have to frame it like that without, with, with, with being, without being dishonest. So let's say that, that um, Mildred has done a company report and it's inadequate. What you do is you say to Mildred, hi Mildred, thank you for, the company report, You're, you focus on true, actual positives, which is thanks for getting it to me on time. Um, thanks for aspects of it, which were very helpful. However, it's missing some things that it needs. And the numbers don't add up. The analysis doesn't have enough depth. And I need this, that and the other. OK, so what you've done is you've uh, you've been honest with Mildred. Now, that's painful but she needs to hear that if she's filing company reports that are below par if they're of a low standard you're doing her no favors by going love your company report it's amazing and then basically just like not renewing her contract in six months time and then she doesn't know what she's done wrong she's like oh no i'm leaving the company they haven't reviewed re renewed my contract i don't really know why they, they said it was like my company reports they've always said it's been brilliant you've not helped her you've not made her better Whereas if you say to Mildred, um, I like this, this and this, but these other things are bad. And actually, if your company reports don't address these issues, if they don't improve, I won't be able to renew your contract in six months time. Right. And that's painful. Remember, discomfort, pain. Right. You're now telling Mildred that she's out of a job in six months unless she changes. But do you realize that Mildred, right? Mildred goes and cries. She cries and you feel really uncomfortable. And you might have colleagues around you going, He's horrible, that guy. Do you hear what he said to Mildred? He's not horrible. He's he's her best friend. He's her ally because he's giving her the opportunity, the superpower of truth to go and do better company reports. So she cries. She feels terrible. And then what she says is she says to herself is, uh, all right, well, um, how can I address these issues with the company reports and make them better based upon the brutal, truthful feedback that she's received? She goes off and she works harder on the company reports. Then she submits and she goes back and then and then the boss reads the new company report, which is superior. And he says, this company report is brilliant. It's so much better than the last one. And now the only thing you need to improve is this and this. But if you keep these kind of company reports coming, I will be renewing you in six months time. And if you continue with this development, you'll be here with us forever. And so do you see how you change the cycle? You need like sort of when you sugarcoat stuff with people, you're not doing them any favors. If Barbara wears a dress and it doesn't suit her and doesn't suit her figure, you can go, look, I, I don't think I don't think it's 
you know, you I think you can you can obviously uh, you know, I don't think you should lie, basically. I, I think you can you can sort of say, I don't think that suits you. I don't think that's the best look for you. You know, just keep it. You, you, what you don't want to go is, Barbara, Jesus Christ, what the fuck happened? Do you know what I mean? What the hell? Uh, it wouldn't go that far. But there you go. So look, that's it. It's amazing. It works. It's a superpower. Be honest. Now, listen, we've got lots to get through. Where are we? Yeah, okay, right. Some great life hacks. First of all, product of the week is Stevia. Sugar is really bad for you. What sugar does is it spikes your insulin which then brings your blood sugar down and then you get a crash so basically if you have anything sweet then you've got energy for a few minutes and then you're more exhausted half an hour later okay peaks and troughs roller coaster i've talked a lot about low carbohydrate living which is my big thing uh, in previous episodes so do check it out uh, let me tell you when it comes to anything to do with your health or your nutrition take professional advice. I'm not a doctor. I'm not an expert. So go and see your general practitioner. All of that said, sugar, I, I don't think it's controversial to say that sugar is bad for you. Okay. It rots your teeth. Um, and you, did you know that your blood does not want to have much sugar in it at any one time? Did you know for the whole of your body, you're supposed to have one teaspoon of sugar in your whole body? That is a healthy blood sugar level is a teaspoon in the whole body. So can you imagine what happens if you have a soft drink which contains 20 teaspoons? Can you imagine what that does to your blood sugar? It sends it through the roof. Then you get a crazy amount of insulin which drags it right down. It's a disaster. So sugar is really bad for you. Not great for your mental health either because you get cravings and all that stuff. And you get like almost like a hangover when you've had the sugar and then it's gone. And then you're like feeling gloomy. It is a drug. Sugar is toxic. It is a toxin. It's addictive. If I could just give you one piece of uh, advice, one piece of uh, um, dietary advice, don't have sugar. And the amazing thing is there are so many alternatives. In a previous episode, I talked about erythritol, of which I'm a big fan, and that is essentially extracted from fruits and vegetables. It contains no glucose, but it's got the sweetness of sugar, completely natural. I love it. Today, I'm going to talk to you about stevia. Um, Stevia comes from a plant. I'm just going to, for those listening, I'll just tell you that I'm holding this particular brand. It's called NKD Living Stevia Liquid. So stevia is a plant. If I was to give you a leaf of stevia and if you were to bite on it, it would taste ridiculously sweet. It's just a very naturally sweet leaf. In fact, it's 200 times sweeter than sugar, but contains no calories, no tooth decay, when you have stevia, even though it's wildly sweet, your insulin is flat. Your blood sugar stays exactly where it is. Perfect if you're a diabetic. Perfect if you want to lose weight. Because low carb is very much about keeping your insulin down. Well, your insulin response to stevia is zero. It's zero. So stevia is brilliant. And um, I will say the reason why I mentioned erythritol first last time is because erythritol tastes a lot like sugar. So erythritol is perfect for tea. It's great for baking. It's just a lot like sugar. But what you get with stevia is it's even more natural. And essentially all you do, this product here, they've mashed up leaves of stevia and it's mixed with spring water and that's it. It's so, so pure. The problem with stevia is it has a slightly unusual aftertaste. It doesn't taste 
as much like sugar as erythritol. But I just feel that if you're going to have loads, if you're somebody that has a sweet tooth and you want loads and loads of sweet stuff in your life, um, I'd rather you kind of went hard on the stevia because I think it's just so supremely natural and it strikes me as a very good solution for for any sugar addicts out there. Uh, but it's got it's got an aftertaste, okay? And therefore, stevia is at its best when it's mixed with something that's got a strong flavour. So let's say if you want sweet water, okay? Let's say you've got sparkling water. If you put stevia into that, it will taste sweet, but it will taste kind of stevia sweet and it's not great. But what you would do is you would do my famous sugar-free lemonade. So you take sparkling water, then you put lemon juice in, okay? So sparkling water and then a nice couple of, you know, glugs of lemon juice, water lemon juice, and then a couple of drops of stevia, and then you've got lemonade. And what's interesting is the, the bitterness, the acidity from the lemons removes the weird stevia aftertaste so you keep the sweetness but you lose the aftertaste so stevia works really well with things like things like mixed with lemon but then i've got more good news for you which is that there are companies like nix okay and i'll hold this one up to you this is nix and they do a range of flavored stevia okay amazing product and i think they've got chocolate flavor strawberry raspberry and this one is caramel, caramel flavoured stevia. OK, so because it's flavoured and it's, it's natural flavouring that they've used. And uh, I'm a huge fan of, of, of this brand. Uh, because it's flavoured, that helps with the aftertaste. So I'm a big fan of with, with this caramel. What I do is I make caramel yoghurt. So what you want to do, go down to your supermarket and get unsweetened plain natural yogurt ideally greek yogurt because greek yogurt is very healthy it's filtered which makes it very high in protein it's a very natural way of doing doing um yogurt and greek yogurt is very good for the stomach bacteria it's a marvelous beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing so therefore you've got your nix caramel stevia and and you just put a couple of drops what i like to do i'll give you a perfect dessert which is i go for five percent fat greek yogurt but you can go for ten percent or you can go for fat free it's either zero five or ten depending on your personal preference and what you do is you get some berries so either strawberries or maybe raspberries or blueberries and then a couple of a few drops of caramel stevia mix it all together and you eat that and you've got a caramel yogurt and it's amazing and it's sweet and again because yogurt has quite a strong taste the stevia when you mix the stevia in it it doesn't get the aftertaste because the 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 yogurt masks kind of the the stevia undertones it's brilliant and you've just got sweet yogurt sweet caramel yogurt with some lovely berries in absolutely amazing sugar-free no tooth decay all is good with the world so stevia is remarkable all the different flavors go 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 great great for cooking as well and it's look it's not cheap so the little bottle that i've got here is 50 mil but you only need a few drops it's very very potent and it does cost about five or six pounds which is way more than sugar would cost but you'll it'll last you quite a while and also it's an investment in your health so i love it hooray all 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 praise for stevia 
A joke is never written, only rewritten. Let your work be incrementally better. Let your job be a work in progress. Okay, so Jerry Seinfeld has spent his whole life, the top comedian, has spent his whole life rewriting jokes. And he has got this act and it's like an hour long. And he just day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out. He goes back to the material. He tweaks it. He improves it. He removes certain words. He replaces the words with better words. And it's just an incremental improvement. It's a work in progress. You go back, you work, and you go back to it, you revise. This is a great thing academically for any students listening. Checking your work. When you write an essay or you do a maths equation or whatever it is, once you've finished it, if there's time, you go back and you look at it again and just give it another lick of paint, give it another edit. And so whatever you're doing in your work, try to try to have that approach in which you go back to your work and you check your work and you're just finesse, finesse, finesse. Uh, there's that wonderful author, Donna Tartt, who wrote The Secret History. I think that's what it was called. And she said, I mean, she spent years and years writing that one book. And the reason why is because she kept going back and trying to create the most perfect sentence. So you just, you do one layer. It's like being a great painter. One layer, then another layer, then another layer, then another layer. And it's never quite finished you go back and finesse is an excellent way of doing it. Um, another thing that I can really recommend, by the way, in your life is to go around and have in your bag or in your pockets a small notebook and a pen. By the way, I'm a big fan of felt tip. No, no, that's wrong. Fiber tip pens. I love a fiber tip pen. I think it feels great on the paper and it's smooth and it's a kind of it's slightly grippy it's a tactile experience and i've got a range of fiber tip pens i've got these classic black ones this one is from a company called micron and it comes in different sizes the nib i'm, I'm a big fan of 0.8 i can't lie um, but i do like a fiber tip pen i think they're good they're not messy they don't leak and i like them in all different colors so i've got orange i've got green i've got blue try having different pens at home for when you're doing anything, when you're actually doing any handwriting, because you'll find it will improve your creativity and it will put you in a good mood. It will make you happy. It's great for your mental health. So colored pens, right? Why do only children get to have colored pens? I want you after this podcast, or when you feel like your budget allows, maybe after you've stuck to some of my principles, right? Because it's a great thing to reward yourself. So, okay, let's do a good example, right? Let's say you do a whole week of being brutally honest with everyone you know. I mean, diplomatic, but honest. Then you manage a week. You're like, right, I've done seven days of that. Really good habit of being honest. I'm going to reward myself. I'm going to go to the stationers. I'm going to get some lovely colored pens. Okay, and you go down there. Children at school, they get colored pens. Do you remember how fun having different colored pens was at school? Uh, why are we not allowed that as adults? So you go to the stationers and you buy some colored pens, take them home and have notebooks and have paper. We live in a world now of computers. Um, I use dictation quite a lot, and that's great. I love those resources, but nothing beats pen and paper. So get yourself, you know, an A4 pad or even like a journal type thing. And just every day, use the pen and paper. Even if it's just a shopping list, let's say you're going to the supermarket and there's all these different things you need. You write it down. You go, Stevia, da -da. don't do it on your phone. 
use the hard copy just to get yourself back into that habit of analog because we've discarded pen and paper we've forgotten about handwriting we've forgotten about lovely pens we've forgotten about good quality paper sometimes when i'm feeling really indulgent i'll write ideas for my show on card not card but really really thick sort of paper oh it just makes me a really heavy high quality paper it just feels good it's a bit outrageous i know but um i only do it with really important things like the running order for this show when i'm getting ideas together it's not the same on a computer you do not have that same level of creativity when there's a device and i know you've got ipads and there's the apple pencil and my son swears by that and he's a big fan of it but just will you do that for me will you go back to pen and paper for some of the tasks in your life so maybe it's like your to-do list maybe that could be pen and paper or maybe it's just your diary where you kind of like meet debbie at three o'clock today but just bring it back in because it gets your screen time down also if you fancy being creative and you've got a little notebook in your pocket right i find i do get quite bored quite easily so let's imagine i'm being dragged around an art gallery or something like that okay and i i'm less interested in the art gallery than the person i'm with once i've finished the exhibition i'll sit down i'll get my little note notepad out and I get my pen or pencil and I just like make little notes. Or maybe it could be like, oh, here's what I want to achieve this year. Here are my goals. Or uh, here's a funny thing that happened to me. Or, oh gosh, there's a book someone recommended. I'll write that down. But just anything really, just having some fun with your own thoughts. Again, much better than a device is to have pen and paper. Um, these I got from a shop called Ryman. Okay. And it's a little green, green notebook. And it's just small enough to fit in the back pocket of my jeans. And it was a three pack. And there was a blue one, a red one and a green one. And I've got a different function for different different colours. So like the green one is the creative one. The red one is is for kind of admin. And then the blue one is financial. And just like really nice way of doing it. Um, and uh, yeah, so this this will just live in my back pocket like that with a pen. Always good to have a pen on you anyway. And it's an excellent thing. So let me encourage you to do that. Everyone is creative. This is what's unfortunate about the very sort of modern world is that we're encouraged to be creative a bit at school with things like art and music. But again, when you get into adulthood, once you're, you're, you know, you're out of college and you get into the world of work, it's just a grind, isn't it? And there's no creativity. Let's imagine that you're an accountant, which is a very noble profession. But if you're an accountant, it's, you know, it could be. I mean, I like the idea of running an accountancy firm that is creative and that is, you know, that, that the way you do use your creative mind. But it's calculators, spreadsheets, it's uh, software, isn't it? It's, it's dry material. But actually, just because you're an accountant, why can't you be creative? So if you're an accountant, why can't you be writing a book? Like, let's say, an amazing novel during your lunch breaks. You're an accountant. You're doing tax returns. You get an hour between one and two to have a sandwich and to have a break from all of the adding up and subtracting. Why can't you go to a nearby cafe and just sit down with your notebook writing little plot ideas for your for your book that you're going to write uh, maybe you've got your laptop with you and you can just like manage to do 
three or 400 words of the book every day. Well, that wouldn't be bad. Five days a week, five threes, that's 1500 words a week. Adds up. So everybody should embrace creativity. So if you're not in a creative job, have a think about what you did like when you were a kid or what creative aspects there are to you that you could tap into. But just break those rules, right? Remember what I said earlier, that why, why are only children allowed coloured pens? Go and get yourself some coloured pens. Why are only children and why are only artistic or creative people allowed to be creative? We're all creative. The proof of that is take any three-year-old in the nursery and you give them paintbrushes and you give them paper. They just create, don't they? They get busy with it. There has been no child in the history of the world that hasn't been creative. Every single child, you give them paints with a brush, give them paper, they will paint. It's guaranteed. It's a fact. It's a bit like the way, isn't it wonderful the way dogs just know how to swim? It's just a gorgeous thing, isn't it? I mean, I remember, I'll never forget, you know, we, 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 we had a dog. We got a new dog. The last one sadly passed away. We got a new dog when I was a kid. And I just remember having a tennis ball and I threw it. We, we were, we've got some ponds near where we live and I chucked the ball into the pond and then, boom, German Shepherd Alsatian just jumps into the water and he's swimming, right? He's never swum before, no swimming lessons. He can just swim. Well, all of us are like that for creativity. Every human being is creative. There's a really great book about singing and it points out that, uh, again, babies and children sing. I mean, most, most babies sing. And then children sing, don't they? Why do we stop singing? You know, why Why can that not carry on? And I've mentioned that in a previous show that you should um, fire up the karaoke on YouTube and just have some fun on your own and with friends. But everyone's creative. So maybe just earmark 10, 15 minutes in your day every day to be creative, whatever that might be. It might be painting. It might be writing a story. Uh, it could be anything. I mean, you'll know. Just like look back and think back to the kind of things that made you happy when you were a little kid. And it will be highly, highly recommended. Um, well, look, we are nearly there, folks. Um, very excited about the next show already because I've been doing a lot of forward planning. And I just want to um, I just want to make sure that I leave you with something nice and juicy and lovely. Oh, OK, well, let, let me quickly do this and then I'll do that. Um, would you like to have a laptop but not have to carry it around and not worry if it gets stolen because have you noticed when you go out and about with a laptop it's a big responsibility isn't it because let's say you go to the, you go to a cafe and you've got a laptop with you you can't leave the laptop on the desk you can't leave it in the bag and go to the loo you've got to take the laptop and you've got to bring it with you into the toilet go to the toilet and you've got to come back and that's a bit of a drag, isn't it? And it's just a responsibility. And I, I don't know about you, but if, if I'm out with a laptop, I can't relax. Like, let's imagine I'm working on the laptop all day and I go out in the evening meeting friends for beers in the pub. You don't want the laptop with you when you're in the pub, do you? Because when you're having drinks, you get distracted. It's noisy. Where's my bag? Oh, my God, my laptop was in there. It's a terrible responsibility. So I've got a top tip for you. Wireless keyboard. Absolutely spectacular. Now, this one is from Apple. And I think I paid about £60, which is a lot of money. But I will have it forever. And so what you do 
is you just have the wireless keyboard in your bag, right? No laptop, just a 60 quid. And by the way, you can get cheaper ones. You can get them for 20 or 30 quid. Okay, so you can get super budget options. The reason why I went for this one is because I like the size. It's actually a full size keyboard. But do you realize that a laptop costs a thousand pounds? The keyboard is 60 quid. So I can go out with, I can like use this all day working and then I can go out for crazy beers with friends and have a wild night, go absolutely crazy. And if I lose this, okay, it would be unfortunate, but it's not the end of the world, is it? It's not the end of the world to lose. And also it's less likely to be stolen. Who wants to steal a bloody wireless keyboard? Okay, so it's a win-win. And what you do is you connect it to your phone, okay? So what you've got is you've got your full keyboard and then you've got your smartphone. And so let's imagine you're in a cafe. Let's imagine you've got lots of work to do. Let's imagine you've got, you know, four or five hours of work to do. Imagine being able to do that without a laptop, but just your smartphone and a wireless keyboard. So what you do is you take your phone, you prop it up against the sugar bowl in the cafe, you switch on your keyboard, and actually it feels exactly like a key, like a like a laptop. Why? Because it's a full-size QWERTY keyboard. So you're just typing away, and after a while you forget, and you don't need a mouse because you've got a touch screen on the phone, so you can scroll around. Now, admittedly, it's a bit of a drag doing you know, a long document on a smartphone, but just for convenience, essentially, if you travel with a wireless keyboard, then you've always got a laptop. You've got your phone, the wireless keyboard, absolute game changer, highly recommended. Um, great for traveling as well. Great for when you're on holiday and you don't want to bring the laptop with you. Wireless keyboard all the way. I mean, do you want me to check? Shall I just quickly check for you now? Let's go on Amazon. And let's see how much wireless keyboards cost Amazon. There you go. All right. Bit of live, a little bit of live research here. Okay, wireless keyboard. Wireless. I wonder how quickly it will. There you go, wireless keyboard. Okay, showtime. There you go. I've just found one by a company called TechNet. Do you know what I know? Want to know how much it costs? £12.74. I've got the Logitech one, uh, and that is £19.99. And as I mentioned, the Apple one is about 60 It might have gone up slightly. It's not showing here. £29.99 for another one. It's a great thing. So there you go. I will leave you with this. Life is... 10% what happens to us and 90% how we react. Let me repeat that. Life is 10% what happens to us, 90% how we react. And what happens to you is out of your hands. How you react is 100% your gig. So understand that you are the pilot of your own life. You're the president, you're the CEO, you're the prime minister. You are the unelected dictator of your own life so get leading 10 percent of life is out of your hands 90 percent is in your control so go 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 have a great week and i'll see you next time